I'm Judy Peters, and today we're talking about the labor shortage that's being felt here in Steinbeck and across the nation. We've heard about a shortage of bus drivers, healthcare workers, not enough restaurant staff. Really, it seems no industry is untouched by this challenge. Retaining employees, hiring new employees, challenges that appear to be exacerbated in the past year and even longer. Last week, we heard from the Steinbeck Chamber of Commerce. Michelle Bazitney commented on the challenge of labor shortages and encouraged business owners to brainstorm together, lean on each other to find solutions. Well, today I've invited a guest to speak directly about this situation, someone who has a lot of experience working with various businesses and teams. Steph Weens, thank you so much for your willingness to take time to explore this topic. Before we get into the heart of it, please tell us about your background in business. A number of years ago, I um, started my own business working with organizations in, in three key areas, strategy, leadership development, and team development. And over the years, the business um, grew to increase its impact with a very specific core purpose. And the core purpose is to, was to create healthy and productive workplaces, which inspired healthier homes and communities. We believe that if, if business is healthy in a community, we will also we will have healthy community. Right? Healthy business leads to healthy communities, leads to healthy homes and relationships. And so as the years kind of progressed and we continued our work in this, it expanded to a wide range of organizations. We've had the opportunity to work with small mom and pop shops all the way to multi-million dollar private companies. We work in post-secondary education, financial services, government at varying levels. And so we've really, it's afforded us an incredible view of the impact of organizations, productivity and and health and the way that that impacts people. We just don't take our, we just don't leave our work at work. We just don't. We're human. We're not robots. We take that home with us. And, um, and so as the business grew, um, so did our level of impact. Then an exciting thing happened. You know, we'd, we'd always dreamed of expanding our impact across Western Canada. That was always a vision and difficult to do as a small business, um, as a female entrepreneur, and became something that was going to be a real challenge. And so... In March of 2021, Summit was purchased by Golden West, a national media broadcaster, right, operating from Ontario to Alberta. And, and here in that purchase and that transaction invigorated the vision of the ability to expand our impact and create healthy and productive organizations across the West. And so as part of that that a few key things have shifted in that way. Um, the business has joined the Homefield brand of Golden West as Homefield People and Strategy. And I've been given the opportunity to serve our community as the Vice President of Strategy and Culture. Now, as Vice President of Strategy and Culture, I, I am lucky enough to still get to oversee Homefield People and Strategy and, and the good work that's happening there under the leadership of Jody Milburn. Uh, in addition to that, I'm responsible for the strategic and cultural initiatives 
here at Golden West, uh, a job that I take really seriously, that I feel very privileged and humble to hold, and um, and looking forward to to seeing, you know, what we've seen over all these years, and and building on all the wonderful things that are already happening here, and uh, and increasing that impact in whichever way we can. So there's very good reason why I asked you to be my guest for today to talk about this this big topic that I think so many people acknowledge, we recognize it's there, kind of like an elephant in the room, but it's it's a painful and uncomfortable topic to talk about because it's so big, and that is the labor shortage. Employers are struggling with filling vacancies, high rate of employee turnover. Employees are feeling a bit uncomfortable reevaluating what's important to them. And I think that's probably spurred on by the pandemic. Lots of change. And so often when we look at change uh, and being uncomfortable, it's scary. So there's there's so much for us to talk about here. Uh, where do we begin? Uh, let's talk a little bit about what what you're seeing, what you're experiencing when when you look around the business community, what is happening right now? Yeah, that's a great question, Judy. And I love your context behind this because it is scary. Uh, It is concerning. When we look at the landscape, many organizations today, regardless of their shape or their size, are struggling to attract employees to work there. Um, You know, their recruitment efforts are often yielding very little option. And, um, and so it is a real, it is a real concern. And I think it's something that business owners are experiencing as a collective group. And, and, and not, no industry is spared, I don't think. I think this is, is impacting all industry and will continue to for some time. And I think that is something that many business owners are looking at. This this isn't something going, that's going to go away in a couple of days, a couple of weeks. This is something that it's going to be around for a while. So how do we move through that? One of the things you talked about just now was recruitment challenges. And that's something that I've been hearing from employers as well. Ways that worked for them for recruitment in the past it's not working right now. So what is the difference? How do they adjust? What do they need to do to first off get the get the word out that they're hiring and what they're hiring for, but then to attract applicants who will want to work there? What do they need to do different? Excellent question. The what the first thing I want to say though is yes, has this pandemic escalated this concern and this issue? For sure it has. I think there's a number of different factors for that, one of which is people. a lot of people have reevaluated their priorities. There is oodles of research and data to verify that, to validate that, that this pandemic has caused a lot of us to reflect on what's most important. And, um, and that's caused some changes in the way we think about the way we work. The um, requirement for remote work has been another factor directly related to COVID and to what we all needed to do in order to survive. 
But I would also suggest that while the COVID pandemic has escalated this shortage, if you will, we saw this coming a long time ago. You know, you look at the, just the, the, the numbers and the demographics of the Canadian population. Uh, this is something that we've seen coming a long time. We, we knew there would be a workforce shortage, an ability, uh, you know, challenges to recruit talent and have them stay. And so I, I hope that that also provides some context and hope that this isn't all caused by a chaotic and uncertain pandemic time. And it also should should act as a caution to business owners to be looking at the data around us. What is happening in the world around us? And how does that need to inform the way we strategize for our businesses to be viable? As we now look at this current state and the challenge to attract talent, I think one of the most important things for business owners to be thinking about is what's happening on the inside here. What is my business's uh, organizational reputation in this community? How are we known for the way we treat people, the way we treat our clients or our customers? How involved are we in this community? What is our reputation? And because more and more employees are considering that, they're looking at the culture of an organization, and let's face it, they have options. And so to be proactive is wise. What, what is our culture in here? And how will we, how do we function in a way where someone can come to us and be their whole self, they can bring their whole self to work. And, um, and we have the leaders that are, are there to develop and motivate and inspire and encourage people. Our leaders show empathy. Our leaders connect and build relationship, you know. Um, and so I think that culture is a big piece, a big piece to this. I think it's very important that we do recognize that the shortage in employees, potential employees, applicants, that there are so many reasons for this. I think sometimes it's easier for us to go, oh, well, they're just, let's just, there's one reason here. We fix that one problem and then everything's good again. Reality is there are so many different things that are happening all at the same time. So how do we respond to that? And I think one of the things that uh, some of the younger uh, generation has mentioned to me is they have different expectations of their employer. And employers are now trying to figure out how to relate to employees that do have different expectations. Things are changing. Absolutely. It was a number of years ago when we were, we were doing a strategic plan for, for Summit and considered the fact that by 2025, 75% of workplaces would be employed by millennials. That is an interesting uh thing to consider because like you say there are there are different expectations than we may have seen from our workforce even as early as 10 15 years ago and so you know what we also know is that about half of the people that leave our organization they leave because of fixable issues and those fixable issues 
tend to be somewhat specific and you can lump them into categories that encompass the culture of your organization. But it touches on things like uh, workload, compensation and benefits. Is it competitive? Uh, Poor relationship with their direct leader, the sense that they are stagnant or they lack growth opportunities, as well as a negative corporate culture. So there are those important factors that business owners can proactively start to be putting into place that they become an employer of choice. So when an employee is looking at three different places to apply, or they have three different offers on the table, yours is hands down the one they choose because of the way that you have taken care of that internal uh, strength of the business and how you promote that. You've mentioned workplace culture a couple of times now. That's something that I don't think I've heard often in the past. That's something that's really only been talked about in the last few years. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit more about what is workplace culture and what direction do we need to take this to be most successful? Mm -hmm. Well, I think... You know, culture probably has as many definitions <laughs> in the literature as, a, you know, a, a, the word vision, right? Vision can be defined in many different ways, and so can culture. So I'll just speak from my own perspective, and, uh, and certainly there are, there are many, many worthy and valid perspectives on this. The way I would define culture is the people. It is about the people who work here. And the culture is defined by the way we behave. It's our behaviors, it's our habits that create our culture. So if our culture is positive, if it's toxic, if it's healthy, if it's ineffective, if it's, <laughs> it all kind of roots down to how do we behave here? And how do we, how do we expect, what can we expect from each other as we behave here? Then going further to that, our culture will inform how committed will people feel to an organization. And because commitment of employees is absolutely vital to an organization's success. You know, an organization's greatest asset is its people. And so the way that we behave, the way we, the things we can expect from each other affect our commitment to an organization. And that level of commitment comes from the sense of, I belong here. I sense purpose in my work. And I feel hopeful and optimistic about the direction of this organization. That's really how we build that commitment that feeds that healthy culture and the right behaviors. When I think about cultures and relationships, these are things that it's not a list that you can just check off. It's not a bo- There's no box that you can just check off and say, okay, yep, I've done that for today. So how do you move forward when you're looking at wanting to improve that area, what does that look like? Where do you start? Yeah, great question, Judy. And wouldn't it be so nice if some of these things were just like a checklist? Oh, I did that. Check it off the box. And I think it's one of the challenges of, of something like this because it's not concrete. It, it's sort of, it's the, it's the soft skills. And I love what Brene Brown says about soft skills. I'll probably butcher her quote. But she says, if you think soft skills are easy, you probably don't know enough about them. <laughs> 
right? It's it's the soft skills of business that is the most difficult, that requires the most attention, that requires the right posture of your heart as a leader to to really get it right. And so I I think that um, for the first piece to improving culture for business owners is to see this as an opportunity. And that's not always easy when it feels like, you know, half of our house could be on fire. But the pandemic taught us that we can make quick decisions. We can, we can quickly innovate and we will survive. And so as we look at this, um, you know, the, the concept of a declining employee pool, the need for attracting talent and keeping talent, I think the first important piece is to see this as the opportunity that it is. The second thing is that the reason why it's an opportunity is because it's, it's forcing people to think, why are people leaving me? Why would anybody leave this organization? And to take a really good hard look at understanding why would an employee leave? Now that requires humility. It requires curiosity and an, an actual um, openness to what those reasons might be. And we know that there are also other things going on in an employee's life that, that you may have no control over. But we also know that 50% of people are leaving organizations due to fixable issues. The other, so there's, there's that. And I think, I think the first piece is for business owners to start, as they start to look at their culture, to, to start thinking about the role of empathy in their relationships with their teams. The, you know, the, the research is clear. Empathetic leaders have a way of inspiring greater commitment because they care about people. And, 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 and there's a, and employees respond to that. Don't we all want to work with a leader who truly cares about us? And I think that that's a, a number, that's an incredibly for important, um, and effective first way to begin. And, and it has to obviously come from a really sincere place. So just as there isn't one specific reason that so many employers are struggling with the changes that we're experiencing right now, a shortage of of applicants struggling to fill vacancies. There's so many different ways to tackle this situation, to move forward with success. And I think, I think we talked about this a little bit earlier. When there's change, especially when change is forced upon us, it's scary. Mm-hmm. And it's it's challenging. Um, you also talked about how we can move forward at, with some optimism, and we can see this as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy to do that when half your house is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> what about support network for for employers and employees? to to brainstorm and to share ideas and to look at, you know, I tried this last week and it did not work. Have you tried that? Or what has worked for you? I think support networks are so important as well. Yes, Judy, I, I completely agree. I think that, you know, leaning on our community, you know, here in Steinbach and area, I mean, wow, we have a tremendous business community. There is a, there is sort of like this inherent sense of optimism that, that is felt here and a desire to see everybody succeed 
as a collective. And I think that's a really, that's a really cool, um, quality of the majority of the, the, of business here and organizations. And so I agree. I think finding that those supports, finding mentorship, asking employees, asking employees, getting information from your teams. What can we be changing here? What do we need to do differently? Again, showing that demon, that requires a demonstration of humility and curiosity. That is, I think, a, a really important way to build trust with your team, with, the, with other business owners, and, and uh, come up with some really great solutions. And I think sometimes when, when we stop pretending that we've got all the answers or that we have the only answers or that we have the best answers, when we start reaching out going, I'm struggling with this, what do you think? What are your ideas? Mm-hmm. It welcomes discussion and conversation and the growth of ideas and what can transpire from those conversations, the motivation and the inspiration and the desire to do more, try something new, to grow. And I think what I've been hearing from employers that I've spoken with over the last few months is in every conversation, the conversation goes through stages. There's the the frustration and there's the the tiredness and hopelessness. And as we continue to talk, then there's also the the positivity mm-hmm. and well, this worked. And so this is what happened yesterday, or this is how somebody reached out to me and encouraged me or encouraged my business and and so there's there's that cycle that we go through that to work through the different phases, the different emotions. And this is something I think that we'll have to recognize it's it's something we're going to continue to grow throughout this. Mm-hmm. And growing pains are, I think, described as growing pains mm-hmm. because it is painful. <laughs> That's right. That's right. They don't call it growing joy, right? <laughs> it's like, it's a growing pain. That's right. And I think, I think you hit on something really important there, Judy, and that sense of collaboration and we're in this together. It's encouraging. It's encouraging. And it is the more voices you can get in on a problem. I mean, the more likely you are to find the best solution. So I think even for leaders to be thinking if there's a if there's a strategic issue in your company like attracting or retaining talent who better to talk to than your own team and 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 employees we all we're we're human and we all want to be heard and we want to have our ideas heard that doesn't mean they all have to be adopted but but we need to feel heard and that our opinion is valid and valuable and so you know, so that speaks to sort of what an organ, how an organization can do that collaboratively in-house, but then outside with fellow business owners and leaders in the community. I think that collaboration is super valuable and, and can lead to some amazing discussion and outcomes. And, and, and that sense of we're in this together, I think has gone a long way over these last 19 months and will continue to as long as we continue to stay engaged in those conversations as well. And I think a key thing to also consider and, and always remember is that 
there are hard days for everybody. I don't think anybody's immune to it. Yeah. So to recognize that it's it's tough for me, it's also tough for the person next door. And when you can look at ways to encourage the person next door, the business owner next door, to encourage employees who have maybe worked way too many long shifts in a row, how can we do that? And then the impact that that leaves us feeling good that, you know, even though I don't have anything left to offer, my cup is empty, but I was able to do something to make somebody's day better. I love that. And I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that when we, when we give of ourselves like that, we always get, um, you know, we get, we get back, we get, we get back, right? We give what we give. And I think, you know, that type of, that concept of looking out for each other and being gracious and encouraging and, and being open to those exchange of ideas makes the community stronger. And, because the businesses are stronger for it. And and when the businesses are strong, the employees are strong and the community is strong. This has been a very encouraging and a wonderful conversation for us to have. And I think it's been very timely. Mm-hmm. I believe this is something that the conversation needs to continue. Mm-hmm. And we need to, like you said, be gracious toward one another and to share ideas, sh- to be supportive find ways to strengthen everything around us in our communities. When we have strong communities, we just have better lives. And I think ultimately that's what we all want. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right. And I think to when we're going through hard times, and I know for myself, like, you know, one of the things that the pandemic taught me is we can, I can shift and change and, and I can do that relatively quickly. I mean, at Summit, we had talked about working remotely for like about a year before COVID hit and, oh, but that would require a whole nother project, right? It would be very extensive. And I know this is something that I shared with many business owners and then COVID hits and within, you know, literally 24 hours, everybody's working from home and it went just fine. And so I think we could look at this, this, this challenge of attracting employees into our workplace, sort of with the same sense. You know, there, there are the things that happen, those macro factors that we have no control over, but we can leverage to the organization's advantage. And, I think about, you know, for business owners to be thinking about how does this challenge challenge actually the way we do business? And, and do we need to be looking at our business, you know, at what point do we look at our business model, the way we're creating value for our customer? Um, you know, those types of things, the way we're interacting with them. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer to that, but something tells me that there is a an opportunity here as well for business owners to examine the operations, examine the model that they function under, because sometimes we become creatures of habit to our detriment, and um, and then these these challenges or these you know quote unquote troubles, actually you know five years down the road we look back and we're thinking you know that was actually one of the best things that ever happened to us, or that really brought in this new concept of work, or it changed, it forced me to look at this business in a new light. And and so I would encourage business owners to stay optimistic, keep your eyes up and open and looking around. 
um, as hard as it is, and I know some days are really hard. I, I truly do know that personally. I know how difficult and challenging it can be in the day-to-day operations of business ownership. But when you can lift up your head and think about all that's happened and, and all that's been done and, um, and where you can go from here and, uh, and keep all the opportunities within scope and view because the, the, gold, the golden nugget might just be right under your nose. Steph, thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation with us and to share a lot of understanding and compassion and hope for the future. I think that's something we don't have enough of. So thanks so much for doing this with us. Well, Judy, thank you so much for having me and uh, for this conversation. I've just enjoyed every minute of it. Thank you.